recorded live from Studio 12A in sunny Phoenix, Arizona. You're listening to the Josh and Friends Podcast. Hello! Thank you for tuning in to the Josh and Friends Podcast. I am your host. My name is Josh. And this week's guest is someone I first became aware of a couple of years ago after searching for an obscure Beach Boys song on the internet. He was going over this record in tons of detail, going into deep tracks, providing all the history of the album, and ultimately giving his review at the end. You can tell he's very well read, he knows what he's talking about, and he's always super positive. He can find the good in almost any album he reviews. And I always kind of admired that about him. I've gotten to know him a little bit during his Q&A chats on YouTube, and he's just an all-around super nice guy. So. Without further ado, it is my pleasure to welcome to the show the undisputed king of Beach Boys reviews and the host of the YouTube channel by the same name. He is the one and only Giggins. Giggins, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Hey, man, I'm doing well. How's it going? Doing good, man. Doing good. So uh, you're an East Coast guy, right? I'm on the East Coast, yeah, of this planet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good to finally chat with you in person, man. I know I've seen your name pop up on my videos for a long time, so it's cool to put a voice to a, a name. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, the nickname Giggins. Where did you get the nickname Giggins? So, a friend of mine in high school, when I was like 14, we were all like really into pop punk at that time, mm-hmm. and there's a band called MXPX, which I'm sure you know of. Oh yeah, and. Back then, they had a song called Yuri Wakes Up Screaming. And <laughs> my friend Pat just walked over to me one day. And he was like, Giggins Wakes Up Screaming. And that was it. It just stuck. <laughs> and that was everyone started calling me Giggins. And it's, it's been my entire name as long as I've done, you know, this kind of stuff. So, yeah. That's, Dude, that's not awesome. a crazy story, but just completely no, random. So, Pat, if Pat you're cool. listening, thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> MXPX. Well, you know, my buddy... Uh, uh, Lee, he used to always blast the song, uh, you know, Chick Magnet and move to Bremerton okay. and all that good stuff. Yeah. So, so I'm well, I'm well aware. Yeah. So that's awesome. <laughs> I haven't played them since then. Like that's kind of when I stopped listening to them, but yeah. that in the nineties MXPX was great back then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. No, I, I mean, I haven't, I haven't bought any of their albums or anything like that. lately. <laughs> it's been years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's awesome, man. So a lot of subscribers seem to have found you the same exact way that I did, which is through the Beach Boys. Would, yeah. would you say that's a fairly accurate statement? Uh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what was the actual, do, was there a, like a certain episode or a certain review that got the most likes or comments or views that started it all? Or was it a combination of a few different episodes that you had? It's a, yeah, it's a combination of a few, but mostly the one I did for Holland, um, mm. the Beach Boys album Holland from 1973, that one really sort of took off. Like, I just saw that, I saw that YouTube had a void for Beach Boys videos. Mm. And like, whenever you went on YouTube to look for a review, it was always Pet Sounds or yeah. um, maybe even, well, maybe some Greatest hit stuff. And I was like, why isn't anybody talking about Smiley Smile and Wild Honey? So I was like, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> I just <laughs> started awesome. doing it. And uh, I did that one for Holland. And that thing sort of exploded. I wasn't I wasn't expecting that. But uh, it's got a ton of reviews or views, rather. And I get comments on that thing almost daily. I put that video out like three years ago. So wow. it's, it's pretty it's pretty wild. I got to admit. 
That's awesome, man. That's that's really cool. Because like, that's how I found you too. I found you, it was one of their early 70s albums, which I plan on talking about here in a second here. But yeah, <laughs> but I've seen, um, you know, I've seen some of your old, old videos with, you know, some of your bands. And I knew that you were like an actual, you know, musician. But I've heard you say that you're in the process of recording an album. Is that yeah. true? Yeah, it, it, it's true. I'm doing like a sort of, I hate to use the word lo-fi bedroom album, but mm-hmm. it's a lo-fi bedroom album. Gotcha. And, uh, it's going okay. It's going slow, but it's going okay. And I wanted to have it out by April of this year, but that definitely didn't happen. So I'm hoping to yeah. have something out by the end of the year, probably an EP. And it's going to be uh, sort of acoustic rock, sort of like if you put like the Beatles with Ted Leo and maybe Weezer into a blender and stir it up, it's going to sound kind of like that, but... <laughs> I'm excited for it. I've been writing for years and I've never really put out my own. I've put out things here and there, but mm-hmm. I never put out like a full thing with just me for myself without another band I was in. So, so I'm pretty is, stoked. So this is kind of like McCartney's first album or, you know, Foo Fighters. Oh, first completely. Album? I'm doing everything. Yeah. So it's very McCartney-ish. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So are you using like all sorts of different instruments and like uh, how many, is this going to be like all over the place or? Not too many instruments. Mostly your your common stuff. So yeah. bass, drums, guitar, uh, piano. There's a nice. kazoo at moments. Um, and I've also got this little weird, wacky sound effects machine that I got from a Halloween store before it closed. And it makes these really weird theremin type sounds Whoa. when I like hold it up to certain things. So I'm kind of playing with that. So it's it's a little trippy in parts, but it's mostly <laughs> like a pop rock kind of thing. Nice. Right on. Right on. So I've always been curious about you know, the recording process. So what comes first when you're recording something? Are you, what are you laying down first as far as your tracks? Is it like the guitar or is it the drums? Is it the vocals or does it depend on the the song or how does that work? It mostly depends on the song, but like, it's funny you mentioned that because I I am a drummer. I've been playing drums since I was about five or six. Mm -hmm. And so for most songs, drums would be the first thing you lay down and you build on top of that. But I'm such a rhythmic guitarist because of um, being a drummer so a lot of the times the acoustic guitar is the first thing i put down and then i put everything else on top of that because i follow the guitar gotcha. so um usually guitar yeah or piano nice, nice. now is this going to be like just digitally recorded is this going to be is this going to be pressed on like cds or is this going to be are you going to actually have a vinyl like pressing of this or oh yeah it? yeah no i'm going to press records That's um awesome. probably cds and tapes but definitely records yeah nice nice so you're expecting that what like fall or winter or is just I'm you're hoping. just feeling it out you're just feeling it out at this point oh, i got you okay. i'm hoping like <laughs> i want it out before thanksgiving that's kind of my goal now i'm giving myself some time to like really focus on it over the summer and have it out as like a christmas thing i think right on right on well good good christmas gift so i'll be looking exactly, out exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> awesome awesome so i've heard you talk about how you originally got into music it's kind of similar to you know, how I got into music, which is, you know, kind of, you kind of like work your way up. Like I, I heard that you, the Alvin and the Chipmunks album kind of like originally got you into <laughs> music. Is this correct? Yeah. Monk rock, man. That was one. That was, that tape blew my mind when I was four. That's awesome. I remember having the, uh, well, I don't know if I had it. I think somebody else had it and I, I used to listen to it, but the, uh, the old uh, disco Disney uh, album with uh, oh yeah. yeah yeah I've seen that record I used to have that I, I, I that's think awesome I yeah, yeah I totally know that one it had like Macho Duck on there I was a big fan of Macho <laughs> Duck back in the day yeah so uh, that one takes me back 
<laughs> now, now, how did that happen, by the way? So, like, you, you just somebody bought that album for you, or how did you, how did you, how did the Chipmunks turn into, you know, getting into different types of music? It, it's funny. It's it's one of those like magical things that I've always, I've, I've never forgotten. I was at a store called Bradley's back home, which doesn't exist anymore. It was a department store, kind of mm-hmm. like a Woolworths or you know Kmart, Walmart kind of thing, and. We went by the tape section because this was the 90s. Mm-hmm. And I just remember seeing this cassette tape with the chipmunks playing guitars. And I was like, oh, what's this all about? <laughs> I remember looking at the back of it and like I knew how to, I could read some stuff, but I wasn't really reading by that point. And my aunt was kind of telling me what the song names were. And she was like, oh, that's that's a song by the Beatles. That's a, a song by the Beach Boys. That's Petula Clark. That's uh, Gary Lewis and the Playboys. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, cool. I have no idea who these people are. Yeah. And so we took it home. And I just started playing it. It's something that just spoke to me. And then that was it. It just like it clicked for me. And then um, one day my brother discovered my mom's copy of the Beach Boys on the summer. And he came into my room one night and we put it on the tape deck and he played the real version of California Girls. And it was one of those like mind blowing moments. I'll, I'll never forget that. Oh, that's awesome. um, and that was it. That from there on, just hardcore Beach Boys fan and Beatles and everybody else. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say that Endless Summer is the album that got them into the Beach Boys, like specifically the Beach Boys. So they got to love that album. Uh, is that like their first greatest hits album? Or uh, there might have been a best of before that, but... That's their first good greatest hits <laughs> album. <laughs> That's I mean, awesome. I, I use that term lightly. They put yeah. out three best of the Beach Boys albums in the late 60s, and they are such a varying quality. I mean, the songs are good, but the idea behind it and the the sequencing is totally messed up. Like mm. one of them has Frosty the Snowman. The second one, or third one also has 409, which the first one had. It's just kind of all over the place. Like Long Tall Texans there. It's kind of like someone just had their Spotify playlist on shuffle and said, ah, just put that out. Uh. But Endless Summer has like a cohesiveness to it. And it's definitely, I mean, the cover alone is enough to make you want to sit there and look at it, let right. alone what's on it. But yeah, it's, yeah, that it's record, cool. um, so good. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Cause like, you know, I have a similar story with the, you know, the monkeys got me into kind of oh, like, no way. yeah, the monkeys TV show when they started replaying it on MTV back in like 1986. Uh, yeah. I, I talked about this, uh, with, in my, my last episode, uh, when we were talking about the Beatles, but like my dad, like noticed that I was getting really into the monkeys. I'm like, Man, these songs are great. The, I love yeah. the guys. They're funny. And my dad's like, well, you want to see where this, uh, you know, this all came from. Why don't I show you the Beatles? And I go, yeah, okay. I mean, if there anything is, if they're as good as these guys, then yeah. So then you know, <laughs> so I went down that rabbit hole. Yeah. So uh, yeah. And then, and then of course, you know, I, I always liked Beach Boys songs, but then it turned into like, you know, my dad made me a mixtape of the Beach Boys and all that good stuff. So then when I first got a CD player, I picked up the Beach Boys uh, Made in USA Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and that was the first thing that got me like really super into the beach boys after my dad's mixtape, of course. Uh, but <laughs> that's such a good CD. I, my, my brother had that on cassette and that one was always weird for me. Cause I think it's got, it's got heroes and villains on it, but it follows like a real poppy song. It was like, I don't know, be true to your school or something. And it was like, <laughs> then, then the heroes and villains comes on. And it's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting uh, CD too. Well, especially now looking back on it because it jumps from like, 
you know, the sixties, like right into like, okay, here we're in the, we're in the mid eighties now. You're like, Oh, okay. Uh, that oh, was I a- know. It, it's got <laughs> one of the only places where you can find rock and roll to the rescue and California dreaming. It's right. It's kind of a cool eighties document. Yeah. It's, it's not bad either. It's like, you know, uh, some other eighties stuff isn't like great, but, uh, those songs aren't right. bad. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, you know, they're very, they sound like eighties songs for sure, but <laughs> oh, completely. Yeah. Completely. <laughs> that, that eighties production and all that good stuff. Yeah. So, um, which is funny because uh, my dad, uh, he, you know, we used to have this local, everybody, you know, grew up with a oldie station in town. Yeah. Uh, and I, totally. used to, I used to love this oldie station. Man, man I, I used to record all my songs on there and everything. And I got, I was like so into this oldie station. And then uh, after um, I got out of college, I ended up working at that oldie station. So it was kind of, it was no kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's so cool, man. Yeah, it was really fun. So, uh, and I got to produce one of the uh, one of the morning shows that they had there. So I learned a lot. You know, I, I got to uh, you know burn all their CDs. So I essentially have every oldie song there ever was. So that's so cool, man. Like, it, I did college radio for five years. And, like I, oh, I can awesome. tell you've done radio because your voice is so perfect for radio. You've got that cadence. <laughs> that's like the delivery's there, and I'm like. This guy knows what he's doing with a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I'll, I'll accept that. Thank you. Thank you. Take that as a compliment. Uh, yeah. So oh, cool, cool compliment. Yeah. No, I mean, like my radio voice is all right, but you've got it down, man. <laughs> well, you know, the thing about you is that you have that ability to flip on the camera and it's boom. You're just sitting there basically just explaining all your thoughts. You have a little bit of notes that you, I mean, you look down occasionally at your notes but you yeah. have it all up in your head and you're not doing any editing so that's impressive i that's what that's yeah. one of the first things i noticed i was like dude this guy's just he's just ranting along just going through this album remembering all the tracks obviously i'm sure you probably listen to the albums up until you do the review but scrolling through the internet you see this guy holding up this album <laughs> and i'm like all right well right there i i want to i want to see what this is all about so like that's how i found you that's how i'm sure a lot of people found you because and you have that, you know, you have your cool little backdrop of, uh, you know, all of your CDs and posters and stuff like that in the background. So it's, yeah. a, it's, it's, a, you know, visually pleasant. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, I, one, I hate editing. So that's, that's a big thing for me. And <laughs> two, like, I wanted to make it as conversational as possible because mm-hmm. there's nothing more fun than like chilling in someone's room and they're just like talking about music, you know? Right. And you're holding the record, you're looking at it. So that's that's my whole vibe of the video. It's like you're just chilling with me, you know? It is cool. Um, it really does make you feel like you're just you're just talking to someone that's sitting next to you. And that's yeah. fantastic. I mean, it, it, a lot of my a lot of people I know do like the jump cut stuff, mm-hmm. which is fine. You know, if it works for them, that's cool. Like my right. buddy Anthony Fantano, he does that jump cut stuff too mm-hmm. but he's really good at it so i yeah. can't do that <laughs> so with my style i just uh hang out and chat but yeah my goal is always to be able to hold the album i don't i've never done a review where i didn't have something to hold mm-hmm. um i felt i don't think maybe there's one in there somewhere but because it's just you know i love having people over when it's non covid times and we can just chill and yeah music. Right. yeah yeah totally and i'm sure you're like your videos helped a lot of people get through covid because like everyone's just sitting there looking for uh you know for a friend talking about music or something like that i i found you actually before covid but but it oh, was sweet. cool <laughs> it was cool to like i was like hey what's uh giggins talking about today oh he's uh, talking about this album right on let's uh let's check it out you know yeah no i've gotten that message a lot actually people like last summer i did a bunch of live streams because people loved having something to do and i was the yeah. same way whenever i saw a live stream i would jump on somewhere um oh, cool. i haven't done too many in the last six months i'm going to start doing more you know come summertime again but 
Yeah, no, people have told me that a lot. And it's it, it's like the best compliment because um, I don't promote myself at all. Right. I'm horrible at it. <laughs> and I never tell people to subscribe or like or any of that stuff. I mean, people will do it if they like it, you know. So right. I don't really force it on them, which I know for YouTube is like the dumbest thing you can do. But <laughs> <laughs> people get the point. <laughs> now, yeah, it, the way that you're growing your page is by your good content. And so, I mean, there's different ways to grow a Facebook page or a, excuse me, a YouTube page. I mean, I, I'm not sure how to grow a YouTube page myself, but your your friend, I've watched him uh, do, uh, you said it was Anthony? Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I watched, Gantano, yeah. I think I watched him do uh, his review on Weezer, his Weezer albums. <laughs> and oh, was, yeah, he's good at those, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, man, I, don't even, I wouldn't even know how to like uh, go over the all the different Weezer albums. Like, uh, there's so many... I know I know some of the Weezer albums, but I, I don't know all of them that well. Um, but yeah. uh, he... He laid it out there. Uh, so their their last two ones have been awesome. Like Van Weezer just came yeah. out. It's really good. Did you I recommend like, it? Did Give you it like the cover album? It was all right. Yeah. It's, it is what it is. You right. know. But uh, yeah, OK Human that came out in January was unbelievably good, and Van Weezer's been a lot of fun. So they're on a roll this year. So I'm I'm awesome. happy for them. Awesome. What's your favorite Weezer album? Oof! If I had to pick one, uh, as cliche as it is, I'd say Pinkerton. Yeah. Because uh, that one was there, one? like, you know, when you're uh, a lonely teenager kid with <laughs> bad acne and bad hair. You know? <laughs> Do you remember the first piece of vinyl that you ever uh, purchased? The first record I ever bought with my own money was, uh, I think it was the Green Album, actually. Oh, yeah? As oh, far wow. as like, a new album goes, yeah, I bought that when it came out in two whatever year that was 2000 or 2001 a hot topic and it was like 10 bucks because no one was buying records at right. that point so it was super cheap <laughs> wow still yeah. have it still have it yeah oh that's cool man yeah i i uh i actually have this uh the very first two i bought two albums together the first time i, d- I was like you know i don't know what i'm looking at this is like yeah. 1980 <laughs> i don't even know like 1987 or something like that and i was yeah. like i know i knew i wanted to get a monkeys record i got uh-huh. i got more of the monkeys and then I'm like, and my dad's like, well, you should get this one. And I was like, what? I don't even, who is this? And it was a uh, men at works, uh, cargo. So it was there. Ooh, yeah, that's was, an interesting one. Yeah. And it, I was like, I was like, man, I, I love both of those albums. They were like really good. And, uh, so yeah, kudos to my dad for, uh, for knowing that I would, uh, you know, be in, I, uh, the first two men at work albums are super good. Like they're really, really yeah. good albums. Uh, they're an underrated band. I, they think. Are. I think these days are a little more forgotten than they used to be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause they didn't really didn't, I don't think they, they really didn't do anything after that. They broke up and then Colin. Well, that's true. It's at least like in a hundred albums after that. But. Hard to stay in the public eye when you're not yeah. a band anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, now one of my favorite videos that you ever did was you bought like this random album and you brought it out and I think you got it from a thrift store or something like that or some secondhand store and and had all these like little markings and stars and notes and stuff on it and and you. This was so awesome. I, I, I connected so much with this because it was a used piece of record and then you're going through it like it was like, this is history, man. This is like someone yeah. someone took the time to like mark their favorite songs and like they were they were going over and they, they were putting all these little notes on there and you're going through it. And I was like, this is awesome, man, because this is exactly how I feel about like when I go in and I look at used vinyl and stuff, sometimes I won't buy it because it's too marked up. But uh, sure. but sometimes if it if it's like you know if the actual record itself is in really super good shape, 
and the cover's really nice and the, and the back is like you know marked up that's fine i'm i'm totally fine with that yeah but yeah. uh but that's so cool like i love that you pulled it out you're like going through it and like that was awesome <laughs> man i i don't know it's kind of a weird um video for me to really like but i really connected with that one because like uh, that's exactly how i feel i I love used vinyl for that reason because it it has that history. I'm like, wow, someone like actually had this, like they bought this like in the '60s or the '70s, yeah. and they yeah. spun this like when it came out, and they they enjoyed it. And I was like, that's so cool to me. Yeah. I also love, uh, you know, some people don't like this, but <laughs> I will uh, when I used to upload my, my CDs into um, iTunes. I, yeah. I didn't like that the the '60s albums they had the perfect covers and i would go and i'd find on the internet the the, the little rings that they had on like the old <laughs> on the old oh my vinyl. god I did the same thing, yeah. <laughs> and i was like i'm putting this picture to this one because i do not want the beatles when they came out they didn't have like you know uh this perfect uh cd picture and and they look different too they they look different right. than the cds so yeah i just i i always i always like that that part of that aspect of your show that's hilarious. Yeah, no, I was just doing that the other day. I uploaded something to my computer. I had to look to the album artwork and I found some crusty looking picture of a cover and I was like, that's the one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's no, awesome. I, I love used records because, you know, you hold something from 1969 and you're like, wow, like this thing lived in someone's living room. Like someone probably rolled a joint on this thing. Like it was like, this was a part of someone's yeah. life. Exactly. And then they didn't need it anymore. Now yeah. I've got it. Yeah, right. When I'm dead and gone, someone else will have it. Like, it's just crazy how we enjoy this. We cherish this thing for a while and maybe give it up, maybe keep it forever. So I love when I have people's names on things. I think one of the ones I have is a Rolling Stones album where someone mm. wrote which members were cuter than the others. <laughs> it's great. You know, like that's, that's someone, someone lived with that album. Some kid yeah. loved that album, you know? Right. So, um, yeah, no, I think it's great. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's cool, man. Yeah, like I, I, I was, gosh, it had to be like I don't know, six months ago or something like that. Could have been longer. I have no who who knows what time is uh, over this last year. Uh, but yeah. this, I was in a, gosh, I think it was Goodwill. I was in Goodwill, and you know, you you do not ever find like Beatle albums at Goodwill, and you can uh, whip Goodwill delights. I, <laughs> I I was like, I. Uh, this this girl is like out there with Jen. She uh, she goes, hey, uh, what's this? And I and I go, what? The, that's the first Beatles album. What is what is that doing in here? I, I was like, wait a minute, is that in good shape? And she's like, yeah. And I go, let me see that. And and it was, it was in good shape. I was like, Holy okay. Crap. That same place, like a month later, had the White Album, <laughs> and and it had it had like all the inserts and everything. And I was like. You know how like rare it is to find the white album with all the inserts and like uh, in great condition. She's like, are you gonna? She's like, are you gonna get it? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, do you already have it? And I go, yeah. <laughs> like I'm buying it again you for a dollar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on. Are you kidding? That's not even a question. So, yeah. Do you remember the uh, the first CD that you ever purchased? Uh, oof. with uh, with my own money, <laughs> it was Abbey Road. Ooh, nice. I think I was eight or nine. That's a good yeah, person. The, the other ones I'd gotten for like birthday presents and stuff. My brother and I would get them for presents. But yeah, yeah I remember saving up for that one. Um, I was buying the tapes before that. I remember I spent like three months saving up for Yellow Submarine. Yeah. And this is before the internet. So I mean, yeah, yeah. I remember looking at the back of it being like, look at all these songs I don't know inside too. <laughs> 
and then putting oh, it no. on, be like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> <laughs> Kept fast forwarding, waiting for Ringo to oh, sing something. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Oh, George Martin. Now I love that side, you. but yeah. back when I was eight, I was like, "This is a bummer." <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, what a ripoff! Dollars for four songs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's funny that you said uh, Abbey Road was your first song because Revolver was my first CD that I, Ooh, nice. that I ever bought. Yeah, w- along with the some uh, '70s classic rock compilation was, which was pretty awesome as well he was orange oh, i can't, can't remember that yeah no no uh it was like the super groups <laughs> of the 70s and i was like yeah so i think that when you shine the brightest on your show is when you dig deep on your songs and provide the history of what was going on within just for example like the beach boys like before i started watching your channel you know i i thought i knew a lot about the beach boys <laughs> <laughs> but I do not, I know nothing about the Beach Boys when it comes to Giggins. Giggins here is, uh, you're the Beach Boys guy. And, uh, you know, you, you could, you could type in like any album of the Beach Boys and you're, you're I'm, I'm guessing you've, you're pretty much running out of Beach Boys albums at this point, but you could, you could always go back and, you know, revisit those and, you know, uh, update some of these, uh, reviews or do different things. I've with done them. a couple yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah I've, done a, I've done a thing called Spin It Again, where I go back and play a couple of different albums again, but I think I've got four or five albums left to do that I haven't touched yet. Ooh. I'm kind of, I'm kind of slowing it down yeah. just to drag it out a little <laughs> bit. Cause I don't want people to go away after the beach. Right. Song, like. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, he did pet sounds. That's the last one he said he would do. Time oh, to subscribe. oh <laughs> no, that, no, no. I, I don't think, I don't think people see like you, there's so much music out there. I think that you could definitely keep people going with <laughs> It's, oh it's, yeah, no. I mean, I, that I was that was your introduction. Yeah, you 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 got people into you through the Beach Boys. So I think that the way that you do your show with you know holding up the vinyl and going through all the different songs and the history and stuff like that 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 can go on for a while with with a lot of different bands. Um, yeah, and it's yeah. fun to talk about bands that don't get their limelight. Like I love talking about like the Love and Spoonful, the Rascals, <sighs> or love and you know, Spoonful. all these like, 60s groups that were huge at the time but are yeah. a little forgotten now. And not I use that term loosely, but um yeah so i love going deep into those bands because it's nice to have like something left on the internet that's a document for people to learn from it that's kind of why i do it just for like an educational kind of thing but also for a conversational thing but yeah it's it's good to give bands like their their due but now so it's yeah. fun yeah i really i dig it so much love and spoonful oh i love those guys man they're so good they are so they're good so underrated way yeah. underrated they're like those bands that everybody knows the songs, but nobody knows who the Loving Spoonful are. I mean, like, right. I, I, you know, John Sebastian, everybody knows. I mean, well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> actually, nobody knows. who. I mean, maybe like in the 70s, they knew John Sebastian, you know, Welcome Back and stuff like that. But like, yeah, that guy was amazing. Uh, you know, so he did the Care Bears song, right? He did the Care Bears song. That's awesome. Care, Bear, Care Bears Countdown. You remember that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I had a. Uh, Oh, I'm mixing it up with the Cabbage Patch Kids. Oh. <laughs> Car- so he did the theme song to the Care Bears? Yeah, that's him. That's yeah. funny. That is funny. Crazy. <laughs> that's awesome. So uh, have you ever seen the movie The Wrecking Crew, the documentary? Yes. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's really good. When I first saw that, I was like, I freaked out. And I was like, oh, every, everybody I know has to see this movie. Like, every, yeah. everybody has to see this. Like, And I started getting like so into these people in you know i i knew of hal blaine like mm-hmm. uh 
I, I didn't know a lot about Hal Blaine. I mean, nobody knows a lot about Hal Blaine. I mean, course, back, especially yeah. back in the day. But, <laughs> like, yeah, but, but I knew of him. And, uh, but, but it was like interesting learning about all these different, you know, studio musicians. And, and it was crazy how, how the, uh, the son of, what was his name? Uh, Tommy Tedesco. Uh, yeah. He was like, he recorded that stuff like years ago, like, like 10 or 20 years. I don't even know how long ago it was, but you could tell it's because you've clearly people that are, long gone that are in this documentary and they're young oh, no. <laughs> so, but it's a uh, it's crazy to see he's like he turned that into a documentary and i guess like he had to do a kickstarter online because he wanted to put like more songs in it he's like ah, you, these songs cost a lot of money you can't like put these songs like in here so but i, I, I if anybody has not seen the documentary the wrecking crew you got to see that it's a great document especially if you like you know old uh music like the beach boys and basically anybody who was anybody back then so um, uh, yeah, if it wasn't for like the Wrecking Crew or the oh, Funk Brothers, you know, yeah. for uh, for Motown or Booker T and the MGs for mm-hmm. Stax, I mean, those three groups basically did every song right. in the sixties. Like. Exactly. <laughs> I wish the Funk Brothers one. I, I was kind of uh, I wasn't impressed with that one because they kept going to like them doing songs in concert. I was like, all right, that's that's okay, but I I want them to get deep, like into like what they were talking about, all the songs and stuff like that. Kind of like what Giggins does, you know. I was, I was kind of I'm more into that kind of thing, you know. So uh what's that one that they did where like it was the um it was they were down in like was it Louisiana or something like that? Oh the Muscle Souls one? Yes, yes. That was a cool yeah. one too. Where like they um, worked with a bunch of people. Alabama or something? I can't remember what that is, but yeah, yeah. Muscle Souls that one was good. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Like a lot of cool looking uh, shots in that one too. Yeah. So Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, I was just thinking yeah. Muscle Souls today because I, I picked up a um a reissue of Aretha Franklin's uh gold album, which is like her greatest hits from yeah. sixteen nine or seventy. And on the back, it, the liner notes are great because it actually shows pictures of like the people who played on it, which you don't see Whoa. too often. That's and, crazy. Um, but it mentions mentions Muscle Souls because a couple of uh, songs they did were at that studio. Yeah, but, yeah, some big ones right, by her, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's awesome. um, "Ever Loved a Man" was recorded there or something, which is unreal. I mean, it's such a classic song. That, that studio mm-hmm. had such a magic to it. It's crazy too. Like some of these studios, they like when you hear these guys talk about, it, they're like people think that these studios were something special and if you see that uh that documentary uh that was it sound city did you see sound city oh uh, yeah that was great <laughs> oh my god They're like this yeah. place is a dump <laughs> but it was all about but the board and great <laughs> <laughs> like you wouldn't want to like if you drop something on the floor you just kiss that sucker goodbye you're not you know you don't want to eat that i mean if you look at pictures of like at studio two and abbey road i don't think they've i don't think they've ever painted that place yeah right i it, think it's exactly <laughs> the same as when the beatles were there like they yeah. they know it sounds good don't touch a thing <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's really all about the music i mean yeah really <laughs> all about the music yeah so <laughs> Yeah, so let's. I, I want to get into uh, uh, you know some uh, music uh, with you, as if we yeah, haven't, haven't been talking about music already. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> so I need some more clarification on this. Uh, this is actually a, an opinion that's not shared by just yourself; it's a lot of people. But um, the <laughs> American release of Rubber Soul is your favorite mm. Beatles album. Is that correct? Or did if I had it? to pick just one, yeah, that's the one. So okay, so now. Is that because you grew up hearing that version, or do you think that the actual songs together on that particular the U.S. version? Because it doesn't it start. It starts with like they took out, they removed like the was it like the first four songs on that? I'm like Drive My Car and Nowhere Man and What Goes yeah, On and If I Need like Someone. That. 
Um, yeah, I definitely grew up with the U.S. one because my dad had the record, mm-hmm. so we used to play that when I was a kid. Gotcha, and gotcha. There's nothing better than starting that album off with "I've Just Seen a Face." That's the perfect it's intro a song. song. It's a great song, and you know it's buried on side two of "Help" or something on in the England right. one. Right. But um, but I also grew up with "Yesterday and Today," where most of those other songs ended up. So for me, "Drive My Car" is a "Yesterday and Today" song, just as much as "Nowhere Man" is. So it's yeah. not exactly just to say that, but <laughs> yeah, no, the, the track list on the U.S. one. It's great because it, you know, it's only love is on there. I mean, it's it's got mm. a home on that one. On help, it sounds lost, but um, yeah, yeah they kind of made a, you know, they tried to cash in on that folk rock birds mm-hmm. mid era Simon and Garfunkel esque type, type stuff by making a slightly folky album because there's more acoustics on it, I guess. But um, yeah, I just like the sequencing on it. It just plays like a cohesive thought. And that's the version that influenced Pet Sounds was that U.S. version. Yeah. Not the weird one. Yeah. So, uh, and it makes sense, too, because, like, uh, <laughs> I talked about this on my, my last episode with my buddy John, and we were talking about uh, a lot of people, if you read the reviews of the U.K. version of that album, the, the same thing comes up over and over is uh, what goes on is, like, in the middle of that album. And people are like, it kind of doesn't. Go, I mean, it's an okay song, but it kind of sounds like they're yeah. older stuff, and it's kind of confusing to be mixed in here with these other songs that are so like eclectic and they're so you know different. And then what goes on, kind of like it's almost kind of like they're going backwards, which is interesting. I, I still like that song, but it's uh, yeah. it kind of doesn't mix in that sequence. If that makes no, sense. It, it definitely gets lost, and they did that to give Ringo a song. But <laughs> I really, that was one of those tracks where they like had a lunch break and wrote it as they recorded it. Kind of thing. Like, Here you go, Ring. All right, great. You know. Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, so I mean, it's it's a it's an okay song. There's a couple of really dumb lines on it, but I mean, you're not going to make every song perfect. But it is kind of sad to go from like you know in my life or something, then you hear what goes on. It's like, oh, yeah, come on, man. Definitely. So hearing it on yesterday and today makes more sense. Because it's sort yeah. of a grab bag of random stuff, but yeah, that's definitely a, a backstep of a song for sure. <laughs> I mean, again, I still I still enjoy it, but it just listening to it. If you're listening to the album as it was made, which I kind of prefer that because that's how I envision them, you know, releasing their albums is how they oh, want to put them in sure. order. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, totally. That's kind of like you know the the old. Um, argument of uh let it be which let it be i have some major issues with let it be but a lot of it has to do with paul really didn't have anything to do with that so it's like all just a and and you know of course you know it wasn't produced by uh george martin so it's like kind That's of like true. a mess but yeah like, and, it's it, a complete mess. and how can you not end that with let it be like <laughs> are you kidding like it's a perfect uh, all right perfect uh, ending yes it's like it's it, it, it the song says it all. Like it, you could have ended the last one with the end, but no, you had to throw her majesty on there. Uh, but then you, then you, <laughs> the next album, you're like, okay, well, this is it. It's really it. It's time to let it be. Nope. We're going to, we're going to throw that and not at the end. Uh, so I can get worked up about oh this. Kind of stuff. It's, you know, like I love that album. I love the songs on it. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of my least played albums of the Beatles. Yeah. Easily. I, I think so too. Uh, because, now, did you ever hear the? I'm sure you did. What a stupid question to ask Giggins, the uh, you know, Mr. <laughs> Giggins. But when they when they re-released the uh, "Let It Be," dot 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 naked. Uh, yeah. That I I was like I was blown away by that album. I was like, oh That's my preferred God. version. Yeah. Oh, it was just 
pretty much every song. Like, you know, they're cutting out all the junk. They're just, they're going through the, the album, how like, it's just, it, everything sounds better about it. They're removing the junk songs and the, you know, the clutter and all the just stuff they do. They really don't need on there. And because, because when you're listening to a Beatles album, you want to hear like, you know, you want it, you, you know, it's not like a, it's not like a Pink Floyd album. You, you don't want to wait like, you know, 15 minutes for the song to start. You just want it to start, right? So, yeah, like, I mean, get to the point. Like, you know, I want to hear, uh, I want to hear the song start. It's like, a, you know, a Beatles song. So that's why, uh, you know, some of these songs, they got, you know, later period, uh, like, I want to throw on the you know, Revolution of a Nine. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. No, so, no you got a yeah. good point. I mean, like, you want to hear them. They're one of those bands where they don't, they don't really work when they're unpolished, you know? Yeah. Like the White Album proved that where it, it works because of its charm, but doing mm-hmm. that twice for them did not work well. Yeah. In my humble opinion. Yeah. No, I mean, I love the White Album, by the way. Lo- love it. But oh, yeah. It's one of my favorites, too. Yeah, yeah. So good. Now, anybody that's listened to the radio over the last 50 years, 55, I don't even know how long it's been now, but, <laughs> but, but anybody knows that era, uh, you know, sense knows about. The famous era of the Beach Boys is wh- which is what? What would you say, like sixty-two to sixty-eight or nine, or essentially the sixties, right? Yeah, definitely sixty-two to sixty-six for sure. Yeah, yeah, up to good vibrations. Right, right. So we could go over the hits all day long, and you know, especially with you. I mean, we could go over those and rehash those over and over, which <laughs> is fine. It's, I mean, I love the the Beach Boys and the Beatles are really what got me really into music so same man yeah all my love goes to those two bands especially um but the and they're you know they're probably what they're the most successful american band of the entire decade possibly possibly ever i mean like as far as popularity i i don't know oh yeah then i think like aerosmith is the most mm -hmm. american like most popular american rock band but i think for a pop group the beach boys probably have it yeah, and they're huge. I mean, certainly in the '60s, they're the they're the big oh, yeah. kings. So, but what would be your favorite Beach Boys song from the popular era? Do you have like a a song that is your favorite of that era? I go back and forth with that. It's hard because there's so many, but I I kind of lean towards California Girls because mm-hmm. nostalgic reasons aside, it's such a magical composition like you get this dawn breaking walking through the wild west introduction before you get to this upbeat sprightly waves crashing against the beach it is cool sunshiny day feeling and then there's just this joyous triumphant chorus and those chord changes are unbelievable the way he bounces Mm -hmm. from a major to a minor several times in one little tiny bit of music the way he constructs that is so unusual, but it works so well. Yeah. And, um, you know, that song, I never get tired of that song. And there's just a certain magic that it provides that it's just instant ear candy. And uh, I go between that and Good Vibrations because Good Vibrations is just, mm-hmm. I mean, it's unbelievable. It, it must have yeah. been, I wish I was there when it came out because it would have been absolutely mind-blowing. I, I yeah. always say that too. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, did you ever hear... What's his name? Um, Art Garfunkel talking about that, hearing that on the radio for the first time. No. Oh, no. so I think this is on YouTube, but uh, I think it was at the Kennedy honors in 2007. 
I think it was, where uh, they were honoring yeah. Brian Wilson. And yeah. uh, and he gets up there and he's like he's talking and he and he just he just starts telling the story. He's like, you know, uh, first time I heard that song on the radio, I immediately called Paul Simon, and right. he goes, I think I just heard the greatest, most creative record of them all. And uh, oh my goes, god, yeah. So I was like, whoa, that's so cool. Like, and you know, to to hear a compliment like that from you know one of your contemporaries that is that big as well must have been just awesome, man. Like, and the sound of that. It's still mind blowing to me, like that record. Um, I yeah. every everything about it, like the the bass line, the, uh, the 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 vocals of Carl. Holy moly! I, it's wild oh. to hear Carl. Like I, I love Carl Wilson. I think he's like so underrated. Like why? I'm like same. It's crazy. I remember when he died back in. Well, I was in college when I was I was at the radio station, and they pulled. Um, I think they, I don't know if they bought like a CD or if they actually had like a greatest hits of, of the Beach Boys and they marked like his songs and stuff like that. And I was like, oh yeah. man, this is terrible. Like, I didn't even know he's like sick. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then uh, I kept saying like, oh my gosh, like, can you believe this guy died? And like, people were like, oh, that's, yeah, that sucks. And I was like, what? Are, are you serious? Like, uh, the, the, I, was like I, was, I was like, my mind was blown. I was like, this guy's like this crazy voice. It was, it was mind blowing to me. I was like, nobody give a shit. I was like, oh, okay, well, yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, it was crazy. Um, yeah, I remember when he died too. Like a friend yeah. of mine, I just seen him in concert. Oh really? Like a, like oh. a, the summer beforehand. Like we all. I remember like my family couldn't spring it or something, and my 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 buddy went. I remember him coming back, telling me how great it was. And like six months later, Carl died. And I remember I still have a newspaper clipping of when he died. But um, yeah, I was definitely in that vein too, where I was like, why don't more people care about this? <laughs> yeah. No. So so you wait. So back up. You you actually got to see him live or you didn't get no, to see my, my best friend did oh. my best friend did oh. yeah i never got to yeah. see him i was one of those things where i was like you know didn't have a ton of money when we were kids yeah so I mean, it, was, it was expensive to go see a show but uh right yeah i know my, my best friend scott got to see him and uh you know i think john samos was with him on that tour as well so he got the, the full house 90s whammy yeah but uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> the same kind of thing happened to me where uh my buddy was like hey man George Carlin's in town. I go, oh, I'll see him oh in the next God. tour. I, I'll, see, I'll see him in the next tour. He's like, tour, he's like, tour's nonstop. And, uh, and then he died and I was like, oh no. So like from that point on, I was like, that's it. If, if someone that I really love is touring, whether it's a comedian or, <laughs> or, you know, a band or whatever, I'm going to see him. Cause I, I was so upset. Like I, I was in Mexico and I didn't even know about it. I got yeah. off the plane and my, my buddy goes, uh, I go, hey man, how's it going? He goes, George Carlin died, and I go, dude, that's the first thing you say to me? Like, really? <laughs> I was like, like, dude, like yeah. how dare you? Oh, that's terrible. Uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, I, I got that <laughs> mindset too, where it's like, if you get the opportunity to see someone, just go. Like, if you got the money for it, just do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I did the same. I, I'm, I remember um, my buddy's wife. Her dad is the music director on the Jimmy Kimmel show, and holy crap! Yeah, and he. Uh, knows that I'm a huge Beatles guy. I love Hall and Oates. He got me like uh, Hall and Oates, like all, he got their signatures signed. And I love this, by the way, it's a, it's a picture of the, uh, the voices album. And, uh, you could tell that he's like mid sentence writing the, he goes, you said it was John, right? And he goes, Oh no, no, his name's Josh. So he like crosses it out and puts a, uh, you know, Josh. And he's like, Oh, sorry about that. And I'm like, I love that. It's like a cool story. It's better than a regular autograph to me. Like, <laughs> but, uh, I got <laughs> Similar story that I'll tell you later. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, no, no, but uh, but but the, I was gonna say. So, like, uh, he told his daughter that he goes, "Hey, uh, 
uh, Paul McCartney is going to be coming and doing the Jimmy Kimmel show. And, and uh, so if your buddy wants to, uh, you know, fly out here, uh, cause I'm in Phoenix. If, if your buddy okay. wants to fly out here or, you know, drive out here or whatever, uh, I can get him in the, get him in the show. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, like, so it, not only did he get me in the show, I'm like literally standing like, I mean, we're talking 10 feet from the stage, like, you know, oh Paul McCartney's God. sitting there and like, I, I kind of got in trouble too. Cause I, I, I took a picture and some guy walks up to me and he goes, <clears throat> cause nobody's in there. It was like, just, <laughs> it's just me and my buddy. And, uh, the guy goes, who are you here with? And I go, uh Oh, I don't want to get Bart in trouble over here. Uh, <laughs> And I'm like, oh, I'm with the uh, music director. And he goes, yeah, well, Paul doesn't like people taking pictures of him during, uh, you know, warmups. And I was like, okay, well, I'm, uh, I'm going to go back in the back. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to get kicked out of this place. Uh, all right. You don't have to tell me twice. Well, I drove with Paul. I, yeah. He's my ride. <laughs> well, you could tell he was with like the Paul crew. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go just, uh, yeah, yeah, just kind of, I was, scared, I was scared to go anywhere after that. Cause I had an all access pass. Like, uh, yeah, I was like, he's like, you can oh go God. anywhere with this pass. And, he, and I go, wow, really? And he goes, yeah, but don't. And I go, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, but, um, you have the power. Yeah. <laughs> so you had a story about the, uh, the kind of like an autograph story. Oh my God. Well, yeah, kind of. So have you ever seen the room? Uh, wait, is, is the room the one that just came out recently? Or is that the one where the girls like locked in like some basement room? With her no, so this is from like oh. 2003. Okay. Um, this guy named Tommy Wiseau. It's like one of the worst movies ever made. <laughs> um, it's it's not supposed to be funny, but it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it was supposed to be a drama, and the poor guy tried his best, but it just didn't come out oh, that way. Um, yes. It's become a cult favorite. It's kind of like Rocky Horror, where you go to see it and you yell at the screen and all this kind of stuff. Yes. It's brilliant. And, um, you know, this was years ago. He was doing tours where he'd come around and show the movie, and he'd be there. And he's got kind of this um, like European accent, but no one really knows where he's from. No one knows what his real age is. No one knows if that's really his name. He's yeah. kind of an enigma, you know? And uh, he was like, I was trying to tell him my name because he was trying to like sign something and he just, he couldn't get it right. And so we all just like, it was just hilarious the way I was like as articulate as I could possibly say my name. <laughs> and he just, it just wasn't clicking for the dude. And so it was just that, you know, for years we would talk about that, but yeah, no, I mean, that's awesome. buff, man. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, that's great. I, I like that. That's like, uh, wasn't, didn't, what's his name do like a remake of that movie? Like Franco or what's his name? Uh, so yeah, they did a, they made a movie about oh. the book, which is about making the movie. Oh, about okay. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Because at the end they were showing clips of that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I got you now. Yeah. <laughs> If you get some time, if you get an hour and a half, find people to watch the room. Don't watch it by yourself because you'll hate it. But oh, that's watch awesome! Watch it with your friends, and it's really fun to make fun of. Oh. It's brilliant. All right, I'm I'm writing it down. And horrible, but it's so good. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Now, Giggins, what I do want to talk to you about is, yeah, the era of the Beach Boys that is wildly ignored. And by the way, uh, as mentioned before. This is how I originally found you online is I think I, I think I was searching for, I typed in surfs up beach boys mm. and boom, Giggins, you know, we weren't the top video. I think it was like, you know, some playlist or something like that. But then, then there was Giggins and I was like, what's this guy holding up this album for? I I'm interested. So here we go. Uh, so yeah, but that's, uh, those first three albums, I think they came out in 70, 71, 72, they charted horribly. Nobody bought them like at the time. And like, yeah, 
nobody really knows the songs on them. <laughs> like, I mean, it's a, uh, it's, it's crazy because when you go back and you listen to those albums, it's, it's mind blowing to like hear. I mean, some of the best songs they ever did are, are on those albums. Completely. Yeah. So, I mean, my question is, what is going on during this period? I mean, I, I know there's a bunch of factors, but first off, what do you think of this era? Uh, it's an interesting era for the for the band. Oh yeah, no, I mean I adore that era because they were a band renewed. I mean when they left Capital and they got onto Warner Brothers, Warner put a lot of money into them, and Capital had definitely sort of cut them off by the end, and they were still promoting them as a surf band, and they got completely forgotten about in America. They were humongous everywhere else in the world, but mm-hmm. America had nothing to do with them. Yeah, and so for Warner's to take the chance on them, they're like, we can't screw this up. And at this point, Brian was like in and out, you know, he was doing his thing, but they did Sunflower and Brian was heavily involved in that one. And that's one of the most gorgeous albums ever made. It's crazy. And then he kind of, yeah, he took a back seat for the next couple albums after that. But um, yeah, it, it's crazy because everybody else in the band stepped up to show that they were equally as great songwriters as Brian. Of course, Brian's were a little bit better, but yeah. the other guys really showed they can do it. And right. so to hear them make this music that was so insular and so of the time and to prove that they were just as culturally significant as anybody else and they weren't dinosaurs. Because, you know, you were in a band for 10 years at that point. That's bloody ancient. I mean, bands yeah. lasted six months if you're lucky, you know. Right. So to be around for that long was unheard of. Um, so, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, they put out some of the best music they ever did and nobody heard it unless yeah. you were a hip college kid when surf's up came out because they they hit the college circuit hard at that point wow i mean they started completely over again they were you know playing basements and vaudeville show uh, halls and wherever they can find a place to play they did it and that that sort of propelled them to become cool because they weren't playing like the big hip places they were playing like you know joe's chicken shack kind of stuff right. so um just they started doing a ton of stuff for charity and for hospitals at that time so they were playing for like sick kids so they were doing a lot of good even though they weren't making a lot of money which i think earned them a ton of credit as well so and they still do that but um yeah that era for them was just absolutely insane how on fire they were and then when they got blondie and ricky in the band they took off in a whole other direction that was just as impressive i mean um it's interesting by that era so much yeah, it's I, I it is interesting because I don't even know if there are I I mean, I think they had songs that maybe hit the charts, but I mean they're they're not songs that people really know of. I mean, you know, just in the in the general public. And I love the early songs. They're they're amazing, right? Like there's a reason oh, why there is there's a reason why they were the biggest band of the sixties. Like they right, had, yeah, of course. They had fantastic songs. I even like uh evil old Murray. Uh, I get his uh uh, take two when what was the band that he uh, the Sunrays uh, was it the Sunrays Sunrays yeah, yeah I, Sunrays. I, even, I, I remember I heard that song on KBSG on the the uh, station that he uh, ended up working at but I remember uh, we were going to this like cat like you know such a such a um, 80s promo where like it was I think it was hosted by you know one of the music stations in town but they were like we're having a sandcastle contest at uh, Alki Beach and I was like oh okay and like so like we went to that and it was like really cool but like I remember we were driving there and you know in in Seattle in the summertime when it's summertime you go out because it's not sunny very often in Seattle. So you, <laughs> you run out and you're like, Oh, let's go to the beach. And it's like, Oh, it's freezing out here, but you go to the beach if it's sunny. So like we went to the beach and we're at, we're at the beach and 
uh, here we are, we're driving, we're, we're in traffic because, you know, there's a traffic jam because, you know, everybody's going to the beach. So uh, you're sitting yeah. there and, and the song comes on. And I was like, is this the Beach Boys? It sounds like the Beach Boys is really good. You know, I live for the sun. Love that song. Yeah. Right? It's, so it's good. a great song. Yes, it's so good. I was like, whoa, this didn't, this didn't even hit the top 40 or something. Like it was like top, it was like number 43 or something like that. I was like, that's crazy. Something like that, yeah. That's wild. But um, but anyway, back back to the uh, the topic at hand. So that era, the the first album, the Sunflower album, which came out in 1970. Now, yeah, man, there. I I remember I, I listened to that. I was trying to make this. <laughs> I was trying to make this like kind of like playlist on YouTube of like the greatest Beach Boys songs. I got to that album and I was like, okay, so I'll take this one. And then I was like, oh wait a minute. And then like oh, like almost every song, I was like, I don't even know what to cut out. Like. I, I don't even, they, they were so good. I was like, oh my God, like these, these songs are amazing. Like how, and I'm like looking around, I'm looking around right now. I'm like, how do, how do, how do people not know about this like album? Like it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, it has to be what? Like it has to be Pet Sounds and, and that album. As far as like full cohesive, like full albums, it has to be way up there. Right. I mean, it's, it's oh, yeah. amazing. Oh so, yeah. It's crazy. Especially because, like, it's all of them on it. Pet Sounds is mostly Brian with the other guys coming in doing their vocal parts. Mm-hmm. But this album was, like, it's, like, 85% all of them playing, writing, singing. So, like, as far as a group project goes with all six of them, that's pretty much it. Yeah. That, that's the one. But um, It's crazy. They struck magic with that production on that album. The, the harmonies are shimmering. They sound like angels. I mean, the whole thing is just this magical little experience. It's... uh. Yeah, I, I recommend that album a lot for people that are a little on the fence about trying things that aren't very Beach Boys. Uh, greatest hitsy for Beach Boys. I, I know a lot so, of people that hate the Beach Boys, and I go, "Have you ever heard? Yeah. Have you ever heard this album?" And they're like, "Not, no." Uh, and I go, "Listen to that album. Like, it's not Beach Boysy. I mean, it has some elements of the Beach Boys, like uh, you know, but dude, it's it's so good. Like, uh, you know, slip on through. Yeah. Uh, got to know the woman, and of course, you know the the wonderful song forever." which might be the, I mean, if someone's heard a song off that album, it's probably that one because of Jesse and the Rippers. I, I don't know. Yeah, that one, I would say that one's probably the one people know. Cause I remember I did a cover of that on Facebook years ago and all these people were like, I love full house. I'm yeah, like, yeah. What the, no. <laughs> exactly. Like, let, me, let me school you a little bit here, kids. Like, yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, that's, Hey, but uh, you know, like we were saying before, you know, Hey, whatever gets someone into music. I mean, a lot of people yes. probably got into the Beach Boys through their appearance on Full House and what's his name always talking about the Beach Boys or completely Kokomo. You know what I mean? Like it, it in the end, it doesn't really matter as long as you, uh, you know, expand your musical knowledge and all your different horizons on music and stuff like that. And uh, but Giggins, how underrated is Dennis Wilson? Extremely like. I, every time I, every time one of his songs comes on, like during one of these albums, I'm like, geez, man, like his album, you know, his songs are kind of like, uh, and not to compare him with how big John Lennon is, but like, he's doing like the more serious songs <laughs> and you could definitely tell when he comes on, his voice is all raspy and, and, uh, you know, his yeah. songs are, uh, I don't know if they're like, they, they seem like more dark and personal, like to me. Uh, so it, it kind of resonates more uh, when, when one of his songs comes on. Yeah, that, that's for sure. I mean, Dennis was a very complicated guy. He was a very deep guy, but he was also really troubled. And he was also a, a wild child. And yeah. so when you have someone who on the outside, you just see this rock and roller. 
But on the inside, you get someone who's very, very introspective and otherworldly, really. And, you know, you hear songs like Cuddle Up or Make It Good or Only With You. And they're like, wow, where's this guy been hiding? And it's all of a sudden these like deep, rich melodies that are just so un-Beach Boysy. Yeah. Out. And you're like, who is this guy? And so, you know, I remember the first time I heard Pacific Ocean Blue. It took me a couple of years to even get into that album because it's so heavy. Yeah. And uh, I remember I first heard it when the reissue came out. I think I was like 19 or 20 when that CD came out uh, in 2000 something. But uh, I remember hearing it for the first time being like, I don't know if I like this, you know, and it sort of grew with me as I grew, grew up, really. And it still grows with me. That's, but he was yeah. um, just an absolutely far out guy. He was such a good songwriter. And um, I really think he's up there with Brian in terms of like melody and ideas and structure and and putting your soul into something. I mean, he really put his soul into his music. You feel it. Yeah. You know, when he sings on uh, on his album, on Pacific Ocean Blue, that whole album is just like, it's a heavy listen because you're inside this guy's chest. Yeah. You know? That's, it's so funny that you said that, man. Because like, I found, that's one of those albums that I found in mint condition at like Goodwill. Uh, oh my God. In mint condition. And I was like, I know this guy's uh, the drummer of the Beach Boys, um, but I'm not, familiar with this album i bought it like 10 years ago and just yeah. like just like you said it took me a while to listen to it because like you know i i would look it up and i'm like hey, it doesn't have any like songs that anybody knows or you know it gets kind of uh right. it actually got you know pretty good ratings uh but it's one of those albums that nobody bought but um right but boy you you turn on that that first song and it's i mean they they, they put everything into that first song as far as like you know hooking you it's like whoa holy moly like it's it's crazy oh, yeah. I, I love listening to that just you know dropping that needle, putting that song on, and you're like, whoa. Like, okay, now you can just kind of like get lost into that music because, yeah, it's it's crazy. And, and of course, uh, you know, Dennis Wilson was the the good-looking beach boy and the uh, the actual oh, yeah. surfer, right? Like the, <laughs> the guy that was like the... Was uh, the beach boy. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, and that probably um, probably didn't help things with that, that guy as far as like, you know, uh, you, know you know, I like to party. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so... Yeah. And if you're fighting demons and you're also drunk and all that good stuff, uh, it can uh, it can turn out kind of like the way it did, I, I guess. But um, yeah, that, that's it's that's what's so sad about his story is that like you know Brian came back, Dennis mm-hmm. didn't. Yeah, and uh, who you know it's it's one of those what ifs you know like what would it have been like if Dennis had stayed around? But a lot of people think it was you know one of those things like Keith Moon or yeah. Mama Cass or Jimi Hendrix, like some people just weren't as horrible as it is to say some people weren't meant to get old. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's one of those tragic things. Yeah. No. So now that, I mean, just because we're talking about Dennis, like, you know, who is, by the way, for people that aren't aware, he was the drummer of the Beach Boys, uh, <laughs> but he, uh, he drowned in 19, was it 1983? Is that what yeah. it was? So, December of 83. So this is so interesting. The way he was found is 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 really interesting to me because first off growing up i just you know because you know you hear these stories you're like oh he was drunk and he he drowned so i just assumed that he got drunk and you know fell off the boat in the middle of the ocean and and drowned that's not that's not even like remotely close to like how he drowned like and, and and the way his body was found is kind of like is kind of creepy and but also it's unheard of it, it's really like he was like a, just right off the marina or something like that, like diving for stuff he threw into the ocean or something like that. What, do you know the story yeah, about this? He, 
he had gotten his boat back after it was repossessed. And so they were all hanging out there one night and they were drinking and partying and stuff. And at this point in Dennis's life, he was in awful shape. He was living in and out of a hotel with his girlfriend, or his, who a lot of people think was Mike's daughter, who he had a kid with. Oh. Um, so that was all the whole thing. But yeah, he they were parked at Marina Del Rey and they were only about, I don't know, maybe 15 feet of water beneath there. It wasn't that much. Yeah. And he said he had forgot something in the water. And so he jumped down to get something and he did it a few times. And the last time he didn't come back up. And, you know, when the, the people found him, they, they picked him up. He was in the fetal position, which so doesn't weird. happen underwater. It's almost yeah. like he held himself there to stay with the water. Wow. Because um, when you drown, you're sort of in, not in control of what your body does. Yeah. So seeing him like that, yeah, the thought of that breaks my heart. And I remember talking about that on one of my videos one time. And some <laughs> somebody commented, they were like, you have a lot of empathy for somebody you don't know. And I'm like, oh, I mean, being a human being, some yeah, weird right? person. Like, yeah, what a horrible thing to say. But that's, um, yeah, no, that's a, that's a really, <laughs> that, how could anybody like hear that story and not be fascinated by that? That's, it's interesting. Like, you it know really I mean? is. I mean, especially because, because of his last couple of years of life and, and you know, just drinking so much and the, the drugs he was into and, you know, the last couple of shows he played, he was almost inaudible. Like he would go up to sing and you couldn't even hear him. His voice was so raspy. Um, yeah. you know, he shaved his beard off and he cut his hair shorter and he looked a lot different than how he looked even three years beforehand. But he, um, you know, he had some, he had a lot of friends. People loved him. And whenever he went yeah. to a bar, people would buy him a drink or something. Cause he would say, Hey, yeah. I'm Dennis from the beach yeah. boys. Yeah. People would <laughs> go, like, oh, I want Dennis from the beach boys a beer, you know? Right. Yeah, no, Poor I, guy. yeah, really I, 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 I couldn't even imagine on that level either. Like my buddy, uh, Toppy, he was a, uh, he's an old radio guy. And every time they do promos, like they, his name's top shelf. So like, they'd be like, Hey, well, let's get you a shot of, uh, you know, top shelf liquor. And he's like, Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh God. Like, I remember him coming up to me. He's like, you need to hide me or talk, talk, talk to me. <laughs> talk. He's like, talk to me as, as long as you can. So we could like, and I, I see that I oh, shit. I see, I see the guy holding the shots. Oh, Jesus Christ. He's, he's coming this way. And I'm like, Oh no. And I go, I can't hold it off too much longer. And he goes, all right, all right. All right. So then he would just be just, just trashed by the end of the, you know, and these, oh, these events, guy. they're like, they're like two hour events. They're not, the, they're not like, you know, long events or anything like that. And here everybody's like just in a line to buy this guy shots. And I'm like, oh, it's poor liver. Wrecked. It's poor liver. Oh God. Yeah. But, uh, poor guy. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I couldn't imagine being Dennis Wilson, right? Like oh, you're a God, beach you know. boy and, and you like to party. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> no wonder. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I could. Yeah. But, um, so have you ever seen the movie almost famous? Yeah, years ago. So yeah. I love this movie. Like I remember when I when I first saw this movie, I was like, "Oh my god, this movie's so good!" And yeah, and when when they rolled the credits in that movie, I think this what this came out like two thousand or something like that, ninety nine, two thousand, something, so. something like yeah. that. But the ending of this movie, when they're rolling the credits, uh, the song "Feel Flows" comes on. Yeah, and, and I did. I was like. It, it was it was confusing. I was like, okay, that sounds like the Beach Boys. It sounds like it, it sounds like Carl Wilson. Is this Carl Wilson solo or is this? I don't I don't. It was confusing to me, right? Because I I was like, I, I thought I knew the you know the Beach Boys, so yeah. I, I'd never heard that before. So immediately, you know, and this is right on the verge of you know like you know 
a couple of years later, you look up everything, you know, there is, but like, you know, <laughs> people are starting to, you know, they're trying to upload stuff as much as they can, but uh, <laughs> right, right now, you know, you can't, you can't look up anything in the world like, like you can now. So anyway, um, no. <laughs> so I found out that that was uh, the song feel flows. You know, I waited till the, the end of the credits when they, when they showed the song and everything. And yeah. uh, it was the beach boys. And I was like, so I give Cameron Crow uh, credit for getting me into this kind of like lost era to start out with. And, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So like, now that album, um, it's it's definitely not as strong as you know the nineteen seventy album, yeah, Sunflower. But there are some great songs on this album as well. Obviously, oh yeah. I mean, I love Feel Flows. I, I mean, I, like every time I hear that song, I'm like, oh god, it's so good. Like, uh, but but I saw you review this album, and it was so great because you're like you're like really confused because uh, they put possibly the two best songs that were Brian Wilson songs at the very end of the album. And yeah. And you're like, why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> and I agree. Like I agree completely with you. Like uh, <laughs> it, it is funny. Like it's, it's fascinating. Like I, I'm always fascinated with like where bands like choose to place songs. Some bands like to just boom, started off, you know, like this is our hit. Boom. This is like, this this sets the mood for our album. Some some bands kind of like to you know make it their second song or, or even their third song, but uh, yeah, the the last two songs, "Till I Die" and "Surfs Up," I think those are the the last two songs on the album. Um, yeah, but those are two of the strongest crap. like <laughs> those are two of, like some of the strongest albums on, like or songs on the on the album. And uh, yeah, yeah. So I I think you gave that one. I think because of that, you said it was kind of like a like kind of like a mixed bag. And you you gave it like an eight out of ten. And, that uh, sounds right. Yeah, yeah I, I would have mixed. I probably would have put. I don't know. I would have rearranged the set list a little bit. But yeah, I mean, you like you have this whole different band for most of the album, and then two insanely deep Brian Wilson tracks to close it off, as right. if he like just woke up and they decided to put him in the studio to finish off the album. But like, right. Um, yeah, and it's funny too because one of Dennis's songs was supposed to be on there called "Wouldn't It Be Nice to Live Again," which would have been a beautiful oh. song to add on there because he's sorely missing on that album. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, because he's kind of like in a very different way. He's kind of like the the Ringo where like they would throw on like a song or maybe two like of of him, and it and it really mixes it up. Um, maybe it's better yeah. to say George. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, probably a George. Ringo didn't write yeah, too much. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, he has a better voice than, yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's, let's agree on George. Um, yeah. So, but, uh, but yeah, so then they, then they move on to the next album, which is, they named the next album, Carl and the Passions. So tough from Virtual 1972. Death. So wh what's the story behind that? I know, I know that you uh, explained that in the video about that album, but what, what's the Carl and the Passions kind of story there? That was one of their old band names. That was, literally one of all their old band names and Carl was, you know, before the beach boys, they were messing around with like, you know, before they came to Pendleton's and or Pendleton's rather. Um, and Kenny and the Kenny and the cadets was another one. But yeah, Please. Carl and the passion was, was like a high school band name. And they were just talking about the old days and that thing came up. They're like, oh, that's a good name for an album, but massive stupid move, which their career sadly is full of those. But you know, for Surf's Up charted really well. It was in the top 30. Mm -hmm. And for a band that hadn't had a big hit or a big hit album in years, that was awesome. And so they were yeah. finally getting some momentum. And so to name their next album, Carl and the Passion, <laughs> no one knows who the hell that is. So they had to slap a sticker on the front that said, The Beach Boys. This is actually The Beach Boys. 
And, you know, it just didn't, it flopped completely. It sold okay. But, uh, you know, it's Weird. funny too, because that's actually how I discovered Pet Sounds was my mom's double play cassette. Side one was Carl and the Passions. Side two was Pet Sounds. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, in America, they had just acquired their rights to all their late 60s albums. So they reissued Pet Sounds and Mono as the second disc in that set. So for a lot of people, they were like, okay, what album am I getting here? Am I getting the Beach Boys? Or am I getting Pet Sounds? What is this? So the whole thing was a complete mess. Sounds like um, I would have gone back and redone the whole thing if I was there. But <laughs> You know what confuses me most about that album? Uh, well, as far as the promotions go. Um, yeah. Obviously, that sounds like a debacle in itself. But they picked a very strange single to me to lead off as the, the main lead single for that album. And just by listening to like, if I, if I listen to that album all the way through the song that stands out the most to me is all this is that like, I love that song. I'm like, Whoa, like it's kind of like, uh, to me, it was kind of like a trippy kind of like, uh, almost kind of like a sequel to the feel flows, like in the fact that it's kind of, it's so different. Like I can see that, you know what I mean? Like it's, I mean, it's, it's clearly a lot different, but it's like, it's, it's, it's that trippy kind of like, I don't know what kind of music you call that. Like I, I just, when I, when I heard that, I was like, whoa. And then I, um, I remember I, cause I didn't know, I've, I mean, obviously I didn't know about this album, Carl and the Passions. Who the hell's Carl and the Passions? No, so, so I, I remember I, I Googled it or I YouTube this. I, I mean, this had to be, oh boy, this had to be 2006. Uh, yeah. I think I Maybe just, YouTube. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. And it was like one of the first like songs like uploaded and someone just put like some, I don't know when it was, maybe it was 2010. I don't know. But it, it was like these like, you know, trippy psychedelic pictures that they had going along with that song. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, what is this song? So that was my introduction to that song. And I don't even know how I found that, but, um, that's but, a cool introduction. I love yeah. that song. It's such a groove, man. Like it's such a chant. It's such a groovy, you know, relaxing, otherworldly type of feel like it's it's all about meditation and the maharishi and all that stuff you know it's very much like it's it's kind of like if tomorrow never knows ate a pop brownie right that's kind of all this is that is <laughs> oh that's amazing that's awesome yeah no, so like what was the no they they chose to re- release uh that fr- i think it was like you need a mess of help to stand, stand alone. alone like it's okay i mean like i like it okay but it's it for a leadoff single to me, like it has to, it has to pop. Like, and, and they didn't even, I don't even know if they released uh feel flows. I, that was, was that even released as a single? Was no, that, like, that was just an album track. Wow. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, no, you didn't mess up the stand alone. It's a cool song, but it's a mouthful to say. And that's, yeah. that's not good either. Yeah. No, it, so I mean, it's all right. Figure out what the name of the song is. Not, yeah. not good. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard that new song by Carl and the Passions? Uh, it's called, yeah, no. So <laughs> ridiculous. No, but uh, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's fun to talk about like these, these albums because I, I really, I'm, I'm really super fascinated with these, these albums that nobody knows anything about, including myself up until like a few years ago. So like, it's, it's fun to go back. And even, I think you, if you, even if you Google like some of these, you know, albums, uh, you know, Giggins pops up holding the album. So, you know, you just click onto the video and uh, boom, you're, you're in, you're sucked into the Giggins world, man. You are. That's, that's not by accident. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Many forces at work on that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, I think you gave that one like this. Now, this one was kind of funny to me. Like you, you gave that album, uh, Carl and the Passions. So what was the, by the way, what's the so tough part? Do you know that part? That's supposed to be the name of the album. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. So this is kind of like, wait, did, did somebody <laughs> else do this too? Is this kind of like uh, uh, when Garth Brooks did his uh, alter ego? Um, well, Chris Gaines. Yeah. <laughs> And, and you forget that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, no, but uh, you actually gave this album, uh, I love this. You go, this album, I give this album an eight or a nine out of 10. That sounds like me. You're, you're just, I love how nice you are. You're, you you wanted so badly to give it that eight, but you're like, you, you just couldn't do it. You just couldn't do it. You're like, so review number 127, eight or nine out of 10. So, uh, so oh check God. that one out. So check that one out. It's um, such a good album. It's no, such a mixed yeah. bag of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Marcella. That's a that's a Beach Boys that's song. A great song. And that's they, such a that's such a Brian song. Yeah. Yeah, and they could have released that as the, the if if someone oh, said yeah. if someone said, Hey, there's a there's a handful of songs here that that I'm thinking about releasing as the, the lead single. Uh which one which one would you pick? I'm not picking the one that they picked. <laughs> no, yeah, Mar they Oh, yeah, some of their single choices over the years have always been questionable, but Marcella would have been great. That yeah. would have been awesome. It's upbeat. It's got a cohesive it's, feel to it. It's Beach yeah, Boise. Totally. You know what I mean? It's not overly yeah. Beach Boise, but it's Beach Boise. Hey, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. And then, uh, you know, if I, hey, look, if we go back in time, we're calling it the Beach Boys first off, and then maybe call it Carl and the Passions. I, I don't know. Um, oh, there we go. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, and then uh, you know, and then the, there, I think there's a Dennis Wilson song on there, right? Um, make it good. Just, make it good and cuddle up. He's got yeah. two on that. Oh, one. Is, there, is there two on that one? Okay, yeah, it's kind of yeah. haunting. I'm like, well, it's kind of it's another Dennis Wilson song. It's like I, 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 I like I'm kind of like cuddling up over here. Uh, you know, listening to <laughs> Dennis uh, talk about some crazy stuff over here. But yeah, it's like uh, his his songs are really um, to me they 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 suck you in, and this is like that that period where. He is, isn't he like, right. He's writing a ton of stuff, but they're not putting a lot on these albums. And didn't he write like a lot of those songs, like on his solo album, like years before that solo album came out or am I off? Oh on yeah. They, they, they used to play river song in 1974 oh, as wow. a band live. Oh, I mean, that, that song yeah. existed for years and him and Mike wrote Pacific ocean blue years before the album came out. So he had songs hanging around for a while, but wow. You know, it was one of those things where like, you know, even George Harrison used to say, how do you get a song on an album with Lennon and McCartney? Like, you yeah. know, if you got Brian, Carl, Dennis, Al, all these guys writing songs, it's impossible to get everything on there because there's just too many people writing too many good songs. So the fact that Bruce got songs on those albums is nothing short of amazing, really. But um, yeah. Yeah, no, he had a stockpile of stuff, and there's still stuff we don't know about. I mean, he wrote wow. stuff that we'll never know. So it's Crazy. he's got a lot of songs hanging around. They released that album, Pacific Ocean Blue, with like extra songs, you know, on the special edition or whatever. And those songs yeah. are like amazing too. I was like, whoa, like all these songs are great. Like it was, I know. It was crazy. He it, was so insanely talented. And that, that's one thing that I, on my channel, I bring up as often as I can because I, I, I sort of, I understand that, like, yeah, he wasn't the greatest guy sometimes, but none of them were. Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe Carl and Bruce and Al have an exception to that. But the other guys, they had their troubling times because they're human and you make mistakes when you're a human. Yeah. Um, 
but people just think of Dennis Wilson as the crazy party guy, which he was, but there was so much more underneath all that. So, yeah, you know, it's one of those things where I try to bring that up as often as I can. I'm not trying to like fight for the guy, but I'm just saying that like, <laughs> you know, if you ever, you know, listen to these songs, you'd be like, wow, that's the same guy. You know, it's one of those things. Right. Right. No. Yeah. He's, he's definitely, you know, what's funny is, uh, yeah, the other guy, when you mentioned the other guys, Al Jardine and Bruce Johnston, I, I have, uh, you know, it's funny, uh, the, uh, that CD that I bought that made in USA, it's made in yeah. Is it made in USA? It's not made in yeah, the USA. Yeah, it's such a weird word. Yeah. Made in, yeah. <laughs> I always almost say made in the USA, but I was like, wait, it's actually made in USA. Anyway, uh, so uh, my dad took that uh, to one of the Beach Boys concerts and he got to, uh, you know, have uh, Bruce Johnson sign that album. So it's like when I okay. when I got rid of my CDs, which oh makes me so... Oh, makes me so upset now because like I was trying to lighten my load when I moved, you know, down to... Because I'm originally from Seattle. So, um, yeah. so I moved... Uh, and I was like, all right, I got to lighten the load. I mean, I'm just going to, I'm just going to sell all these CDs. I, you know, I already digitized everything to my iTunes, blah, blah, blah. But now it's like, oh, killed. Like I spent thousands and thousands of dollars on those CDs, you know, but Who I thought, yeah, <laughs> but I, I, I kept, I, yeah, right. Exactly. But I, I kept, uh, you know, some of them, like I kept the beach boys one and I kept, you know, a few other ones, but yeah. Um, never getting rid of my, uh, my my vinyl. I, I still have the uh, the two first records that I've had the uh, the Men at Work and Monkeys. I still have those. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I feel like you can't get rid of that stuff. That's no. like this. If you do that, it's kind of like you know you just disappear like Thanos or something. It's what's going to work out. Yeah. No. I'm I'm never getting rid of those. Uh, so I mean, unless you know I, I die and someone don't, donates those, uh, which how dare you? I'm going to come back and haunt you if you do that. Someone's going to have a great goodwill score. Put yeah, it that exa- way. Exactly. Exactly. So. <laughs> So would you ever want to interview any of the Beach Boys? I mean, like, it's kind of like one of those things where you're kind of, um, you're crossing over into a different world if you're, if you're interviewing the guys that you're reviewing. Um, but maybe not. I, I don't know. What, what's your, what's your take on that? You know, I go back and forth on that a lot. And I, I just did an interview with David Leaf, who wrote all the liner notes for the Beach Boys CDs in the 90s. And I saw that. I, I watched that. Forty years. Yeah. What's that? I, I just wanted. Yeah. I, I saw that. That was that was interesting. He was like, he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he no. saw your reviews and he was like, I got to talk to this guy. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, he contacted <laughs> me, and at first I thought it was a fake account. So I was like, there's no freaking way Davey <laughs> Lee talking. Not him. And he kept messaging me. I'm like, who the hell is this yeah. guy? <laughs> so I was like, so all right, cool. I'll talk back. And it was sure, sure enough, it was him, man. Yeah. But, um, knowing that me and David are like, you know, on talking terms, that way we, we just chat with each other now. Um, knowing I'm one degree of separation from Brian Wilson for right now is enough for me. Oh, that's um, so crazy. That's enough. It's yeah. like, he's really good friends with them and they talk a lot or, you know, every once in a while, but, um, down the line, I think I'd be more comfortable with it. But as of right now, I'm down the line, these guys are not getting any younger. These guys that's are not a good <laughs> point. That's a good point. Isn't that weird? We always think they're going to live forever because yeah. their music is forever, you know? Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah, totally. It's just really weird. I mean, and, and they still, they, they look pretty good, you know, and everything like that. But boy, they're getting, I mean, when did they start? Like 1960 or 61 or something like that? I mean, years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, uh, yeah, it's, uh, they've been performing for 50 years or 60 years or something like that. So Isn't that nuts? Yeah. yeah I mean. That's unthinkable. It's, it's funny. You just think that they're going to be around forever. And that was one of the things that me and David talked about was we were like, you know, one day there won't be a Beatle. Yeah. And I was like, oh. how dare you? <laughs> I, I think about that so much. And I'm like, oh, God, that's so, ew, ew. What a, yeah. what a crazy thought. 
But yeah, no, I, I actually I thought about messaging Al because I feel like he would be the most like approachable to talk to because I feel like he'd be pretty down to earth. I was going to say uh, that. I was I was literally going to say because my, my next question would be like, who would be the one that you would want to interview? And it'd be Al. Yeah, Al and Bruce. He's, I like, think Bruce. he's like always the nice one, kind of like, you know, and yeah. And then did you say Bruce next? Yeah, because Bruce just doesn't give a crap. Like he's so yeah. blunt and honest about everything, and he's also really funny about stuff. So I, I'd love to talk to him. But Al is like, Al spills the beans on everything. So I, <laughs> I'd be fun to talk to him. He would just tell me stuff I, I'm not supposed to know. Yeah, so like, a- I, I, I'm up for that one. <laughs> that's really cool, man. Yeah, because like I, I those those are the two guys that I came up with originally. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's really funny. Um, you know, obviously, you've seen a hundred interviews of brian like on youtube and elsewhere yeah but like he could be kind of uh you know difficult you know uh, in some of those interviews they're kind of like awkward but again that could have been more just of the time uh but also he's brian wilson you know what i mean like it's uh, yeah there's a number of factors there i mean so many of those interviews people don't know how to interview someone which yeah. is which is instant death right there yeah you know you, you never ask yes or no questions that's like <sighs> the worst thing you can do and right. You also have to know your subject. And if you know Brian, yeah. you know, one, he's, he doesn't want to be there. He doesn't have to be there. And, you know, people treat him like an encyclopedia. And they're like, you know, when you wrote this song in 1973, how come you didn't put this part here? And it's like, I don't freaking know. I had a, I had a great sandwich yesterday. Like, yeah. I, would, I would talk to him about, like, exactly. I would say, hey, Brian, like, what are you watching? Yes. Or, like, how are the kids? Like exactly. I would just ask him like human stuff. I, I don't think I'd even talk about music. I would just ask him like life stuff. Yeah. And I think he'd find that more interesting because yep. he doesn't like promoting things. He doesn't like yeah. to talk about that stuff because he just wants to create. And I don't think people understand that. I think they sort of treat him like a sideshow animal as awful as an yeah. analogy that is, but um, that's a great answer. Like th- that's, I always think about that too, because like people will ask me like, what would you, what would you do if you interviewed Paul McCartney? I'm like, okay, first off I, would probably never interview Paul McCartney. But secondly, <laughs> if I did interview Paul McCartney, what on earth could I possibly ask Paul McCartney that has not been asked before a million times and probably yeah. better than I could ask it. So I'm not going to ask Paul McCartney. Hey, uh, so, I'd be like, uh, you know, what's his name? Uh, Chris Farley. Like, so <laughs> hey Jude, like you did, hey, you know, you know what I mean? Like, what, what are you going to do? Like when you wrote, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, uh, the love you make is equal to the love you take. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, I mean, that's how it'd probably come out if I was like interviewed. There's not many people that I get like super, super into, like, you know, I worship, like, you know, I'm getting on my hands and knees. But, like, you know, if you're getting to that level, I mean, the greatest songwriter possibly of all time. I mean, I know he is. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't even know where to begin. So at that point, yeah, you just like, uh, I, I mean, I even hear like famous people like Dave Grohl, like talking about that. He's like, when I met Paul McCartney, I'm like, I, I don't even know what to, I don't even know what to do or say or ask him. And yeah. he just wants you to be like, he just wants to be treated like a normal person. So that's probably why. That's what we forget. Like he, he, yeah. he isn't a God. He's just a normal dude yeah. who grew up you know, with <laughs> no indoor plumbing. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. With a lot more it's, talent it's than funny. most of us. Yeah, because yeah. like when I, I saw Brian, my brother and I went to see the Smile Tour in 2004 or five, oh, awesome. and we were in the middle of this um, lobby area. We, you could like buy a t-shirt, get a hot dog, that kind of stuff. And we saw this circle of dudes in suits walking towards us. And we we're like, what the hell is that? 
And it was Brian and Melinda on the inside of the circle. They were like Whoa. walking across the lobby to go to somewhere else. <laughs> and he was like maybe five and a half feet away from me. And my brain just froze because I was like, that's the guy from the sandbox. That's the guy who sitting in his bed for three years. That's the guy who did this, this, this. And I was just like, you know, my brain went to mush. And oh. my brother was like, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> like, whereas he's got all the confidence in the world. I, w- yeah. I just shut down. Right. I was like. <laughs> yeah, that, that's <laughs> funny, man. Way. Did you see yeah. the, I'm sure with this, the dumbest question of the entire, uh, you know, conversation here. Uh, did you see the movie uh, Love and Mercy? Oh, I love that movie. It's so good. It's so good. Right? They did a great job with that. Yeah. I, I heard it was like very, like they, they really took their time with the details on that movie. And oh, yeah. It really shows. It's, it's almost creepy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, being a fan as much as I am, like when I watched it, I, I picked things apart, you know? And there's been yeah. some crappy Beach Boys movies made. Yes. And I went to see that in the theaters. And I remember, like, I was like, whoa, they even recreated his bed perfectly. Yeah. I was like, his robe. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It was super, super cool. So, like, yeah. Another, uh, another recommendation of, uh, Movies. So if you haven't seen that movie, oh, yeah. just drop whatever you're doing. Go see that movie. Uh, I think it's on Amazon Prime right now. <laughs> so yeah, it's on Hulu. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, have you ever seen that YouTube channel, Todd in the Shadows? Oh yeah, I love Todd. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> there's he's that, great. There's that. That have you seen, <laughs> have you seen the Mike Love episode, the one where he does of uh, Train Wreckers? Oh yeah, they do the uh, Summer in Paradise. Yeah. yeah. It's so he, funny, dude. It's yeah, awesome. he, he did an awesome job with that one, man. That was that was good. Mike Love. Like, it's so funny. Like, one of my favorite things on your channel is when people ask you about Mike Love. You're like, uh, because like he is uh one of those beach boys that's very kind of like uh polarizing. You know, people are usually like Team Brian or uh Team Well, I don't know if everybody's like extremely team team Mike, but Mike uh, <laughs> you know, he's like he's uh, definitely the uh the outspoken doesn't really give a shit, uh, Beach Boy. You know, yeah, the main Mike's, front man. Mike's main front man. a weird one, man. Because, like, as Beach Boys fans, we protect Brian. Yeah. Because he's the guy who wrote the songs. Yeah. Or, well, Bruce wrote the songs. But, um, that's a little joke for you. But, yeah, yeah no, with Mike. Um, oh, I got had, you. I got you now. I'm sorry. That, I, was, I was slow to that one. I was slow to that one. I got it. I got that it. That was a deep, that yeah, was an yeah. inception joke for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mike is polarizing because, and I never give a clear like, you know, explanation of how I feel because I don't know Mike. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I really can't give a judgment unless I've really met someone, and yeah. you know, we all have our bad days, and sometimes <laughs> when you're a celebrity, that gets documented, and that that sort of goes down as your your mo. Yeah, which sucks. And so, yeah, has he done some crazy stuff? Of course he has. Has Brian done crazy stuff? Of course he has. So like, <laughs> well, Brian is know, actually crazy at, at uh, you know, at, at one point, like yeah, you know, his I head mean, was all messed up. You know, um, but yeah, I understand Mike's point of view where he wanted things to be commercial because that's how you make money right. and keep your house and sure. your kids fed and all that stuff. And Brian wanted to write the heavier stuff. So that's why they were great together. But um, and he was the yeah, front man. And, you know, he was he was the front man. He was the he was the, oh, completely. He, he was, was the guy he wrote. He sang all the big early songs. Yep. That was his voice. And he's had a great voice for that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Is he my favorite member? Hell no. But, you know, yeah. is he like what I talked to him if I met him in person? Of course. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I, we'd have a fine conversation about music or whatever. I, I think he's there's a lot going on up there. But, you know, maybe his delivery isn't as as what we expect of as the other eloquent, guy. As, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, like I, 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 I've seen those. Uh, you could tell when Brian is like, you know, having a bad day and he wants to vent out on uh you know someone asked him about mike <laughs> he's like oh yeah he's like oh here let me do an impersonation <laughs> yeah so it's like uh 
it's funny, but hey, those songs were massive hits. So like there wouldn't have been yeah. any Beach Boys success without, you know, the the, the old front man, uh, Mike Love. I, I do like that before he even came out with that album, there used to be those t-shirts, uh, Mike Love, not War. I used to love oh, yeah. those. I used to love those t-shirts. But, uh, oh, man. You, but you then, he, like, turned, <laughs> then he, like, he turned like, a, he made an album out of that because it became such a saying. Like, I was like, oh, okay. Now, and then I listened to the album and I was like, yeah that's why they never came out (laughs) (laughs) the production of like his stuff it's just i don't know a little uh, i've got an album review coming out soon about unleash the love and i filmed it geez i filmed that i think last fall and i've kept putting it off because i've I've always like do i want to really put this out but i think it's coming out (laughs) this month or in june of 2021 for people listening in the future it's out now oh right on um yeah, it's coming out at some point, and it was—it's definitely a polarizing experience. <laughs> <laughs> no, I could—I could definitely see like because it is—it is a complex kind of, you know, people want like, are you a big fan of Mike Love? You're like, I mean, it, it is kind of like a—it's not really a, a yes or no question because not, it is it's more not complex. A yes or no at all. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just think that's kind of funny. So I, I, was, I like I, as much as I, I I love your reviews and everything. I also like uh, seeing a uh, gig and squirm over. Uh, Answering questions like that. So no, I just I, I let it I let it come out <laughs> once in a while. Like I did a review about the NASCAR album recently, and for the most part, like people were we all agreed about its production and all that stuff. But I've gotten like a probably a dozen comments from people who are like, you know, who the hell are you to say things like this? And uh, <laughs> you know, how dare you criticize things? And I'm like, oh, you can, you can just change the channel, you know? Like, <laughs> oh, right, right. So yeah, you said that you wait, was that the one that you said that you kind of ripped on or something like that, and people got angry at. And you're like kind of some people did. Some people did it get did actually get angry at it. Yeah. But most people thought it was funny to see me actually like sort of go off on something because I'm pretty calm. It yeah. takes a lot for me to go off right. on something unless you're talking about like, you know, Rogue One, Star Wars, or Greta Van Fleet. But beyond that, it's <laughs> there's not much that I'll get angry about. <laughs> I love no I'm not going down the Greta Van Fleet hole right now, but that's that's <laughs> well, we'll back for another show. We'll do yeah, it. Yeah, we'll definitely have to save that. No, but I, I do love the fact that you're you're so positive and your reviews like you can find the good in almost anything, which is amazing to me because I'm I'm probably I'm a little bit more like uh, glasses empty than uh, glasses you know half full you know. So, uh, but that's what makes watching your show so enjoyable. It's you're you're, you're seeing the positive things in music and albums and whenever you're reviewing it's always good to see so thanks man. yeah that means a lot yeah i, I do that on purpose because the it's so easy to to do a negative review on youtube that's 90 yeah. percent of what you see on youtube yep. is negative reviews or people blasting something apart so to spend time and find something good on it you know this it seems like finding the good in the world's harder and harder so i try to make my little channel just something fun you know if yeah. you have 10 minutes to watch something good you know yeah. Not to something get it or something, but I try to make it decent, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, there's only there's only so much uh, Simon Cowell you can uh, you could take. And, uh, you know, so <laughs> I try to be the Randy of the world. Yeah. It was much more positive. <laughs> yeah. He was really stoked on people most of the yeah. time. That's what I try to do. <laughs> nice job, dog. Nice job. Nice job. <laughs> I'll throw a little bit of Paul yeah. in there once <laughs> in a while and uh, just to shake it up. That's awesome, man. Well, hey, uh, Giggins, I, I do want to uh, thank you so much for uh, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to uh, to chat with me a bit about you know the Beach Boys and. It's kind of weird um, 
really, we didn't talk too much about Brian Wilson, but again, I think that there's so much talk about Brian Wilson and pet sounds that you got to expand it a little bit. And maybe next time we could get into that and maybe some, uh, I don't know, like some Chromeo or something. Maybe, uh, I love time. Chromeo. Yeah. Oh, let's do it, man. Sign <laughs> me up, dude. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Hey, I, I, I did want to remind everybody to, uh, make sure to check out the Giggins page on YouTube. It's, it's called Giggins, right? You just type in G I G G E N S into uh, yep. YouTube and you, you come right up, right? I should, I should. Yeah. I've paid YouTube enough. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. No, so, yeah. That's, yeah. That's where I'm at. And I'm on Instagram too with gig into the underscore after it, but um, awesome. yeah, YouTube is my, mo- my, uh, my main squeeze there. That's awesome. So you, you post like what, like albums on you, uh, Instagram or what do you post on the Instagram? Yeah. I post kind of like what I'm listening to, or like I'll do like uh, in-depth pictures of stuff that I show on YouTube, but in more detail on Instagram. So I, I try to make it a whole different animal. So it's not, not the same content twice. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Right on. Awesome, man. Well, yeah, make sure to uh, like his videos, subscribe to his channel and enjoy the content. He's so much more calm and, and pleasant to listen to than, uh, than myself. So, uh, <laughs> so, so, and I, and, yeah. And, uh, and I, and I love looking at all your albums that you're holding up, you know, all the little weird scribbles of random people from the seventies and sixties and stuff like that. It's all, it's all in good fun. So thank you again, man, for coming on. Uh, I really appreciate it. Had fun talking to you. Thank you so much. This, this was an honor to be on. I was, it was a, a thrill to be on here and chat with you, man. This is a lot of fun. Happy yeah. to do it again. Absolutely. Hey, have a, have a great rest of your day. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Okay. All right, man. Take care. Thanks a lot. Giggins. Thank you for tuning in to the Josh and friends podcast. If you have any questions or comments about today's show, feel free to leave a message in the comment section below. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and follow the show and check out some of the video clips posted on YouTube and Facebook. I'm Josh and thank you for being a friend.